Welcome to the Organized Chaos Cafe. I'm your host, Ben Chan. I hope we can talk a bit about project leadership, transformation, and containing a bit of today's craziness. Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Organized Chaos Cafe. And today joining us is Nikki Takahashi. Nikki, how about you give us a little intro about yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. It's so nice to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. So my name is Nikki, and I am in Calgary, just like Ben. Uh, I am the owner and designer at a lovely boutique design firm agency. I guess agency is what we call it, Fetching Fin. And uh, my passion is really not only business branding, but also personal branding. That's really uh, what I live and die for day after day. It uh, lights my fire. And that just means not just doing logos and websites for people and companies, but really making sure that the message that they're um, they're conveying is aligned with their own personal style, makes them feel totally, you know, unique and totally themselves. Oh, it's such a good feeling. So that's really my day to day, Ben. It's great to hear. And I mean, for, for me, maybe how about you just give a little bit more insight into the difference between, say, personal branding versus corporate branding? Because I think when people think of brands, they can think of things like Nike, Adidas, Lululemon, right? How, what's the difference of those things versus personal branding? Yeah, well, branding as a whole, you know, like I said, many people um, assume that that is doing logos and websites, but branding is so much more than just logos. So if we're talking about business branding, of course, that's um, putting a look and a feel and a style to a corporation. If we're talking about personal branding, that's really enhancing people who they are, what makes them unique and different. And, and when it's an entrepreneur who is projecting a personal brand, that's just a, a great way for them to feel confident and um, promote themselves that in a way that's truly them, truly authentic. Mm-hmm. And how is that different than maybe say, oh, I'm, I'm almost scared to say it, influencing, social media influencing? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I think the best influencers have the best personal brands, don't they? Like they're almost uh, sometimes a little polarizing, a little extreme. That's what makes them so magnetic. And yeah. I think I think we can learn from true influencers. I mean, they're the they're the weirdos and the mavericks that just go all out and go to the extreme. And I think there's something in all of us that kind of loves that. That's why we're so drawn to the influencers. So then for influencers, do you have any that inspire you or influence you? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't have any that really come to mind. And, you know, even in the same vein, designers, it's there are certain aspects that I respect and admire out of so many influencers and, and different designers. But when it comes right down to it, I think what I really, really, really admire is whether it's a business or a personal brand, people who, um, and businesses who really live and breathe their values. And like I said, are just authentic. So I do like influencers. I'm struggling to think of one that really comes to mind. Because like I said, that polarizing piece of them almost grates on me sometimes, but gosh, they're gutsy, aren't they? Well, I think that's part of it is that they almost go out there with no fear. Absolutely. 
Do you have somebody that comes to mind, an influencer that you really admire? Uh, funny enough, and he's kind of in the creative space, uh-huh. uh, and, and I don't know if he necessarily considers himself uh, an influencer, is Chris Doe. And I, I know I kind of mentioned that over to you because he's, he's very interesting in terms of his mission of being able to go and help creatives um, live their life without feeling dirty about it, right? How you charge logos, how you make designs and things like that. And the way that he puts his Instagram and his carousels together, it just always seems to very flow very much in terms of the influence of design and entrepreneurship, right? So mm. that's that's one of them that I look at that I'm kind of don't feel dirty about when I look at his Instagram. <laughs> that's a great example. And, you know, and maybe maybe that's, you know, something that I need to work on, too. Where immediately when I think of influ- influencers, I think of the 20 year old on TikTok doing the dance and then pushing her, you know, her makeup line. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like these crazy things that are so beyond. But there are influencers who I mean. Think of like Lewis Howes, Pat Flynn. There are so many in the entrepreneurial world that are influencers just because they're human and regular people, right? right. And that's what's the magnetic piece. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so for you, you've been doing this for about 12 years now, but how did you get into this space? What was your journey like? I'm going to totally date myself, Ben, because 12 years... It, as my own full-time business person in the agency of Fetching Finn, but I've been doing digital media design for over two decades. So right when multimedia was brand spanking new, there I was working on the computer. So um, coming out of multimedia production school was was what I, I went to to be certified and uh, jumped right into a corporate job. Well, you'll know the company, Totem Building Supplies in Calgary here. And love the popcorn. Was <laughs> love the popcorn. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! I hope the viewers are resonating with this. If you know Totem, you know the popcorn. Uh, it's a hardware store, family-owned hardware um, store company, and they brought me on board. I was working in their stores after I went to multimedia school. Uh, they brought me on board to head up their multimedia division, which was brand new. And that's when we built the website, we had the e-commerce. I mean, it was all just starting back then. And in addition to that piece, I was also helping them with their uh, online training, e-training, which was brand new too. So it was a really, really exciting time. So it was a perfect time for me to come on board for a practicum. They kept me on for a decade after that. And then I finally said, okay, let's try this 100% fetching fin. Let's see what happens. I had been um, just freelancing on the side as I was working at Totem and fetching fin went full time and I've never looked back. It was the best thing I ever did. No, that's awesome. Cause I mm-hmm. think, I mean, even for me, I mean, I, I probably broke up by myself only for about a year now. Um, but to make that decision to go and say, I'm going to go out myself and not necessarily rely on other, um, let's say, large corporate entities to go and drive what you're doing. It's not an easy decision to make. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It takes a lot of guts. And um, and I think it's one of those that you just have to make one day. And, you know, I put an X on the calendar and just started counting down. And that was my, that was my deadline, right? Made that for myself. But, you know, um, 
I also was in the fortunate position of, you know, I didn't have children. I, um, I was newly married, but not a lot of other obligations. So it was a risk, but it wasn't a massive risk. And I think the the benefits outweighed the cons at that point. And like I said, I had been freelancing um, for, for a decade at that time. So it was new. It wasn't new. I had a client base that I could rely on. So uh, scary, but not. Yeah, great to hear. And I think if there's a lot of different responsibilities that weigh on you as well, and you're trying to navigate those decisions, it just kind of makes it just a tad bit harder, right? If you have kids, and the funny thing is my friends would, I used to be party Ben, and then I got a house, and then they called me mortgage Ben, (laughs) because I wasn't really that fun anymore, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Party Ben? Yeah. (laughs) There is a story there. There is a personal brand story Yeah, we'll leave that for another time. But but also see here on your profile, you're also an owner and instructor of uh, Takahashi Karate Group. Tell me a bit about that. I was, yeah, karate. Oh my goodness, we're we're going a little off script, but that's a fun part of my life that I don't often get to talk about. So thank you for bringing that up. For that was uh, that was my life for over twenty five years. Um, it started when I was uh, in elementary school, and all of my friends at that time. This was in the eighties, so before it was calm before it was common to see other girls in martial arts, there I was, right? So I think that's when my love of the unexpected being, like I said, the weirdo, the maverick, the industry disruptor, I think that's where that passion bubbled up because I went from ballet class, which was fun, but tutus and pink weren't my jam. And then I thought, oh, okay, karate, this is new, this is different, and yet very aligned because um, in a traditional karate school, you're learning like kata and it, it's almost like dancing, really, right? It's the same, the same mentality, the same sort of repetition and memorization. So there was a real parallel there where it wasn't a complete departure for me. And yet, like I said, I love the fact that I was the only girl in my class. And, you know, people kind of went, ooh, when you said you were in karate. So that's that's where it started. And I love that ooh factor. And I I think I've been searching for that ever since in everything that I do. Um, Yeah, and then just really enjoyed it, thrived in it, spent years of hard dedication and focused work just trying to hone that craft, not necessarily looking for a specific end goal, but just loving the feeling of pushing myself and kind of feeling what my limits are and then going even a little bit further. And, you know, that, of course, helped me through all of those years in karate, but certainly paved the way for an entrepreneur's journey, right, where it does take tenacity and grit and willpower, all of these things that I had been practicing throughout my school years in karate um, really paid off when it comes to being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And with being a female inside of karate, and if you were the only female there, what kind mm-hmm. of obstacles did you have to overcome in that respect? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what it wasn't too bad because I I was never looking for any sort of sympathy or pity or don't go don't go easy on me right I really like to go head to head with the guys so I think that served me well and just 
you know, help build me up even further. I think, and I think it's still a barrier right now. I've been thinking about perhaps there's a way to, to remedy this. If there are people in the martial arts world listening to this, you might understand. Those geese, those uniforms are not made for girl bodies. I swear to gosh, you know, like, First of all, the crisscross in the front, I can't tell you how many diaper pins I went through trying to keep that thing closed. The pants are made for like, you know, straight up and down hips. So just weird things like that were obstacles that maybe, you know, you wouldn't expect, but I think, you know, continue probably to be a bit of a hurdle. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of women involved in MMA now, too. So maybe there's a line for uh, more traditional geese that have uh, more female form fitting, we'll say. <laughs> I was just thinking about it the other day. I'm like, why are they not just stitched closed at the front? I just don't understand. I'm going to explore this after this call. Triggered my, <laughs> triggered my curiosity again. Yeah, well, let me know if you need uh, other ideas. I'll, I'll sure I'll spring them on to you, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> You're going to jam on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how, I guess, what level of karate did you get into? Because, I mean, that's that's a lot of time spent kicking and punching, right? Um, just a little bit above white belt or how, how far did you get? <laughs> it's a lot of years. And, you know, I had a deep love and passion for it. And, uh, you know, fortunately, it came naturally to me. My, my uh, mother and... Uh, the karate teacher and his family became very close over that time. And it just so happened that um, my mom and my dad were going through a divorce at one of those really critical times too. So she really loved to take my brother and I to karate, you know, just to get away from the chaos that was happening in her life. But um, also it was a great outlet for us, but that meant we were there all the time, Ben, all the time. So, you know, it was, uh, it was tough. And then being that close to my sensei, he was almost truly like a, a second father to me, uh, which also meant that when it came time for the junior high and high school years, he was the one saying, you know, Nikki, no dating, right? You are only doing karate. Come to the dojo every single night from six to 10. That's the only thing you're going to do. You're going to do your... And it was rigid. It was rigid. And I cried and I fought it and I hated it, but I loved it at the same time. So, um, you know, under his guidance and wish with his uh, pushing and, and uh, dedication, I was really fortunate. I got to a black belt level quite early on by age 14, which is unique for a traditional karate style, the way that we were set up. There are many karate styles where you can almost buy your black belt. So this one, you actually had to sweat your way to it. So I felt really good about that. Right. It's not a University uh, of Phoenix black belt that you have or anything right <laughs> no all right this one is blood sweat and tears nice. uh yeah and then um uh when i became a fifth degree uh like i said earlier it was never something that i was striving for an end goal but i remember when i was issued that fifth degree it was one of my peers that mentioned to me he said you know this makes you the top ranked female in the world for our style of karate and it truly didn't even dawn on me wasn't even registering but as soon as he said that of course it took a day or two for it to sink in and I was just like it was a real turning point because I thought dang like that was so hard it, there were so many moments where I wanted to give up 
but I got to a place where I'm the best in the world at something like who gets to do that? That's a really rare thing. So it really blew my mind. I thought, you know, it's it was something that I kept to myself. I don't, you know, I didn't uh, brag about it or talk about it, but it was just such an internal accomplishment that I really started to translate that to the work that I was doing in my career. I'm like, if I could get to the top in the world and something that I'm doing as a hobby side, you know, as a side gig, what could I do if I actually applied myself in business and in my career? So it's it's been motivating me ever since because I've had that little taste, Ben. I've had that taste of being the best. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's possible. No, and I don't know. Would you brand yourself differently if you know knowing you knowing your branding pieces now? Would you have tooted your horn a little bit more when you were younger? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I really wouldn't. You know, I think um, being humble in that sport I think is a real um uh, you know a real special thing right yeah. and it's an important thing to 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 honor and respect and so no that was never top of mind and it still is never top of mind but I do need to voice it sometimes in conversations like this just to remind people that those things are totally possible right and you may not even be thinking best in the world but that is just epically wicked that that's even within reach right we don't give ourselves enough credit absolutely and mm-hmm. how has martial arts and and i guess that structure and discipline how has that influenced your approach to business because you've kind of said that's been a hobby but it's really driven how you tackle business problems and and also your take on entrepreneurship i'm not very forgiving sometimes I'm you know I I don't know I've got this drive this willpower um when I see clients let's put it this way if I see clients with so much potential specifically personal brand wise right they've got so much in them that is unique and cool and could be leveraged and is exciting and they're just not taking it far enough that just it it gets me so uncomfortable because I think, oh, you know, just push yourself a little bit harder. You can do it. Have confidence, you know, have faith. So I think that's what translates is that I don't, I don't let people just give up on themselves, right? I see the potential in people. I also believe in sacrifice. I do that every day in my business. It's sacrifice morning to night and I love it. I thrive on it. Um, yeah, I think that's how it's translated best. So it's worked out well. I, I sound like a complete, you know, hard butt, but I'm really not. I, I, you know, I'm actually quite loving and gentle to my clients, but it is a frustration if I see they've got more in them yeah. right? and and they're not applying themselves. For sure. And I mean, that's even, even when I look at my kids sometimes, I'm like, you got so much potential. <laughs> Just get off the iPad, right? <laughs> but uh yeah, and, and so this will be my project leadership question for you then, is how okay. do you approach getting your clients to go out and pursue that excellence and really build out their personal brand? The process is, it's almost evolutionary. And what happens in the end of our work together is the presentation of what we've built together often surprises and excites them. So let me just paint the picture for you. The work that we start 
with together is really setting the foundation, talking about the messaging. Of course, there's all that traditional marketing piece about, you know, building your avatar and who's your client and yada, yada, yada. We do some of that, but really about finding their specific message and their voice and making that super clear and concise, uncomplicated. We do that and that conversation, those interactions really give me a great sense of who somebody is and their personal style. It's paired with a bit of intuition on my part. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm blessed with, uh, you know, just a, I, I think I see in brands and colors and fonts, I don't see like maybe a regular person all the time. So when I see people walking down the street, I think, oh, look at that, you know, Times New Roman with a beige and a blue I, you know, it just works like that. That's how my brain works. So um, we build that foundation. My intuition kicks in. And then we start working on the, um, the image. So that would be more the logo and the website. So all along this journey together, we're helping to build their confidence, showing them, hey, this is how fantastic you are in this area. This is how we can showcase it and really, you know, put that out to the world and and make that feel really good and aligned with you. And bit by bit, as we go through these steps in the process, I always see the client just kind of blooming, right? And starting to feel seen and understood. And then often, by the time it's revealed a launch date, there's so so many clients come back to me like you see, you saw me so much better than what I saw myself in a way that's so much better than myself or so much more clear than I saw myself or, you know, I like myself better because of the way that you've portrayed me. And so I think um, that is, that's the process anyways, if we're talking about process and project management, um, but the outcome is so beautiful. It's, so it's, it's less about, pushing them more about the reveal. But I will say, I've recently started a podcast because along this journey, I found that it's really helpful for people to be inspired by other personal brands who are really living on the edge, who are doing it without any fear and with great success too. So really putting them out there, being themselves 100% without apology and making it in business. So the podcast that I'm doing is truly stories of people like this, these nonconformists, these mavericks, as a way to help inspire the clients that I'm working with along the way. So it's the stories that I would normally verbally tell them in our process together. But instead, you know, now in podcast form, thank goodness, so I don't have to waste my breath, they can just tune in on, on the podcast and feel that inspiration and anybody else can. No, that sounds super interesting because I think it's it's the stories that make it compelling, right? And yeah. and that kind of stick with people. So no, that I'm I'm very interested to see what kind of comes out of that. So <laughs> let oh, me know when that's so up. Many, so many cool people out there, right? That are doing neat things and just doing it their own way. And I just rocks my world. I just want to showcase them all. Yeah. It's fun. No, great. And mm-hmm. I have one, I'll say somewhat selfish question. How does okay. someone necessarily distinguish themselves in the market as either, let's say myself as Ben Chan, or my corporate self as Climb Consulting. Right. What kind of drives that decision or thought process? Mm -hmm. It's a tricky one for so many people. I mean, you and I both are in that situation, right? I have my personal brand and I have my business brand. 
um, from my perspective, I know I hid behind my business brand for years and years and years because it felt comfortable and it felt safe, right? I could, you know, just say, well, Fetching Finn says this and that and, you know, any backlash isn't on me personally. And lots of people take that approach to feel that sort of security. It can be a tricky place to live too because you, over time, often feel very unexpressed or, um, you know, starting to, to continue to lack confidence and, and such and such. But what I've, what I've found is a combination of both the business brand and the personal brand is really the sweet combination. So if you can show up as yourself, Ben, as the umbrella brand, right, with your different passions, stacked underneath, including that one business that you have, that not only distinguishes you from the business, it frees you up to speak and show up the way that you want, the way that you feel comfortable. And it also gives you so much more room to expand your passions and it will still make sense. If you, you know, decided to sell shoes tomorrow, right? Or uh, I heard the episode where, you know, about Zumba, maybe you're going to take Zumba, uh, something like that, right? So, you know, you could easily do Zumba by Ben under the same Ben brand and it would make sense, right? Whereas reversed, you under the business brand starts to to be tricky. Yeah, I'll, I'll need to give that some thought. <laughs> Especially about the Zumba. I'll, I'll probably need to go and get myself conditioned a little bit better for that. That's really helpful because one of the things that even I struggle with when I'm writing out things to people, whether it be on emails and whatnot, I get confused with the pronouns. And I don't mean pronouns in terms of he, him, she, her kind of thing. It's like, is it myself or is it a we? Right? Right. Right. It, it's yeah. a weird... Yeah problem that sometimes I'm like, do I put we or do I put I? And and, right. and that's a that's a confusing question that sometimes pops into my head as I go th- struggle with that combination of the personal versus the business, right? Totally. Okay, to that, I have two things to say. Because when, once you have the freedom to just speak as yourself, as your own brand and use I, that also opens up so much opportunity. If you do just use words that feel comfortable and casual, it just makes your communication so much more easy. It'll flow. And I think people are drawn. They want to work with humans. They don't want to work with a brand, a company name, right? So um, if you are operating a business and you have the opportunity to be a personal brand representative, I think that's just a leg up, right? It's um, people want to work with humans. Secondly, you are already the expert of your personal brand. So it's not even something you necessarily need to overthink. You are already the most professional version of Ben Chan ever. You've got it in the bag. You've been that your whole life and there was nobody else like you. So it's kind of an easy, you know, transition to make. All you got to do is say, okay, here I am. Here's my personal brand. This is what I do. And this is how I, how I act. And this is what I believe my values. That's already in you. You're hundred percent. The expert It's just a matter of giving yourself permission. All right. So I, it is. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to love it. Congratulations. (laughs) For sure. Thanks so much. And kind of wrapping up here, what would be your advice to entrepreneurs out there or, you know, the new term of solopreneurs that seem to be emerging out of the pandemic? 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a fun time, right? You've got the the people that uh, I don't know the people that I'm going to say they have no choice. I I kind of love it when people have no other choice but to make a go and make it work. And I think pe- there are some people in that position right now that can just do really awesome things with some focus and dedication because there are perhaps fewer options for them right now. Um, but like I just explained to you, becoming you in your personal brand is easy. It's not an overthinking process. It's just a matter of knowing how to express yourself in the way that feels completely you or getting the, the logo, the website, the promotional stuff that feels like you dressing in the way that feels like you, not the way that somebody is dictated. Um, there are also people coming out of the corporate arena who have been under a corporate umbrella for decades, right? And they're also in a great position to become personal brands, not only because um, the opportunity is there for them to be coaches, leaders, um, teachers, all these different things, because they are such experts, but they come from a mentality where delegation is already intrinsic to them. And for me, it's the opposite, right? I'm trying to always teach myself, I need to delegate. Whereas I believe if you come from, you know, more of the corporate environment, you have a marketing department that you give an assignment to you. Am I wrong? Like, is that, is that kind of how it goes in the corporate world? You're the expert in that area. Yeah, there is a lot of delegation and also a lot of the, I say, split of roles and responsibilities, right? So right. it'd be like, you, you can't do that because that's our job. And there's a stepping of toes and then there's the fun politics that kind of go all around with it, right? Um, mm. I would say, you know, trying to understand, well, what should I delegate? And it's like, well, I want to learn it all. But there also becomes oh, yeah. a, an, an issue of scalability of, well, how much can I actually do? <laughs> How much time can I dedicate to all of these other things? And what is it that's actually adding value? And that's when you have to have that question to yourself of, well, when should I delegate? When should I find Nikki? Because I don't have time to build my brand because I got to sell stuff. Or I have to do I have to do the work that actually brings in the money, right? And that's kind of the, I think that's the question for new entrepreneurs out there who don't have that choice and somewhat relying on the old corporate structure, it's that it, it's that dichotomy of, well, here's what it is and here's what I want it to be. And is that the right balance that I want to strike with it, right? And I'll, I'll say I'm, on, I'm a little bit also on the other end of, I like you, I just want to learn everything, right? Oh, well, yeah. let's put a podcast together and I'll learn audio editing and I'll learn graphic design, even though I haven't touched that. And that's not my specialty, but I'll go ahead and do it anyway, right? Social media, sure, yeah. why not? I'll go on everything except for Twitter, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Twitter? <laughs> uh, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, mm. I think that's that's very wise advice in terms of, you know, people coming up to the points where they need to overcome fear, where they may not have that choice. But if you do have that choice is really seeing how they conquer that as well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to your point about wanting to do it all yourself, I think that's very natural, right? There's an excitement and exhilaration in starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur. And the opportunities are truly, literally endless. Like once your mind clues into that, it's blown and you are gone. Like it's, 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 
it's crazy. DIY, DIYing your marketing, your logo, your website, all of these things that we do in our agency is so normal in those initial stages that we actually don't even take clients until I'm, I'm going to say the fifth year of business on the rare occasion, the third year of business, but five years or more is a sweet point because people are over that DIY phase, right? Working with entrepreneurs in that first stage of business is difficult on both ends because it's your business baby, right? It's, you want to micromanage every little aspect of it. You want, you know, you want 500 iterations of that logo before you choose the one that you love, you know, whereas five years down the road, you're like, okay, I'm ready. I can throw some money at this. I My time is valuable. I don't want to be looking at fonts. I actually want to be doing the work that I love and that I'm made to do. So I'll hire a pro to do that. And that works out better for everyone because we get to give our best and our expertise. And the person getting the service gets to go on and do the work that they're actually made to be doing. And, and you know, things just happen and get done. Right. And there's a return of investment of your expertise being added in there that grows their business. Right. So much less frustration on both accounts. But, you know, that DIY piece is also really critical. You have to go through those pains. You have to understand how difficult it is to do all of those things yourself in order to finally let go and release and say, okay, I'm not made to do everything. Let's hand that over to the experts too. All right. So I'll talk to you again in four years. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So before we go, how can people find you? Yeah. You know, we've been talking about personal branding and I am so guilty. It's the shoemakers, you know, kids don't have shoes. I finally put up my own personal brand site. So I'd love people to check me out there and that's where they can get all my links. So it's Nikki Tack. I've made the last name shorter. It seems easier. NikkiTack.com. N-I-K-K-I-T-A-K.com. And what I'll have on there is a quiz that your listeners can take that will help them determine if it's a personal brand or a business brand is better for them, which one is right for you. So that'll be a fun little exercise just to to weigh the pros and cons of each and uh, yeah, explore that a little more. I'd love for people to take that quiz and, and learn about it. Awesome. Great. Well, I might take that quiz and see where I land on that. <laughs> oh, we're not done, Ben. You, you say four <laughs> years. No, I'm going to be on you every every step of the way here. you got a personal brand that's just itching to be uncovered. I know it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time, Nikki. Thanks for coming on to the show. And I hope to talk to you soon. Oh, gosh, this has been so fun. Thank you so much, everyone. Oh, and can I just say, too, I would love it, you guys, if you could uh, just take a moment and Go ahead, if you're listening to this, go ahead and give Ben a five-star review. You know, as a fellow podcaster, a newbie podcaster, I know that those reviews are just so important. So if you have a moment, please go do that. And that will just, I know, make his day. He will love that and show him some appreciation and love. He's doing a great job for all of us. Well, thanks for plugging my show on my own show. by Gabriella Shu. Go check her out at hillbrightmusic.com. Thanks again for listening to the Organized Chaos Cafe. This is brought to you by Climb Consulting. That's C-L-Y-M-B. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or go to our website at www.climbconsulting.ca. Thank you.